Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. En McDonald's Participantes por Tiempo Limitado. Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Baratapapa. En McDonald's Participantes por Tiempo Limitado. Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Baratapapa. En McDonald's Participantes por Tiempo Limitado. Hey, welcome in to the Dublin the Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. My name is Michael McQuaid, joined today by Colm Cronin, Stuart Roach. We may not be in Denver, but we're in Ireland, and we're, I guess I was going to say, we're loving the Broncos at the minute, undefeated in the preseason. There's always something with this team. And today, first off, we're going to go through the game. We're going to talk about your questions that you gave for us on Twitter today. And hopefully, time-dependent, we're going to talk about the quarterback situation. We're hearing a few whispers of something might change today, which is Monday, but hopefully this will still be relevant when you're listening to it. Anyway, let's look at the game first off. Uh, what before we do, Stuart, welcome in. About the game, Mick. I just said hello to you. Oh, sorry, I thought <laughs> you, you, you broke slightly there. Uh, hello, good to good to see you again. Can't wait to uh, talk about the uh, the pressing issue at hand. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no. As as as, uh, as as promised, I I did the uh, non-social media. Then watched the game in forty uh, on on. It was early enough. Now I think I probably would have caught the end if I if I if I switched the telly on. Um. So yeah, you know, it, it's columns words of warning about the uh, the lions. The not sixteen lions do sort of loom large over preseason. But you know, it's good to be beat. It's good to to, to dominate teams. Um. And it's always good to beat the Seahawks, you know. Um, let's be be honest. But uh, no, it was good. It's good performance. The guys sort of sticking their hands up. We talked about, uh, you know, people. I, I think to me, the the, the guy who really sort of uh, copper fastened his position on the roster, and, and looks like he could have an impact. Is Cooper, the outside linebacker? You know, he 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 was. I think he had two sacks. He did strip sack uh, and and another sack, but he was close to uh, a couple more as well. So he looks like a real fine. And a great story as well because we, I think he was the chap who had an issue with his heart, um, so mm. hasn't trained recently. Well, that's a you know everybody loves a story like that, but he looked like a fine player. Um, but yeah, I mean that was uh, it was it was it was a great performance. But I know there's stuff that we need to talk about that sort of manifested itself in the game that sort of factors into the, the, well, the, the <laughs> overall theme of, 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 of where we're going with this. Well, let's say, as we say here, let's keep her lit. Obviously, Colin, welcome in as well. The Broncos, uh, 
two for two, sorry i can't even talk it's been that sort of a day at this broncos as well two and oh in the preseason a 33 victory over the seattle seahawks going for the full sweep this weekend which we'll talk about after this episode but uh you must have been proud colin watching that performance uh on saturday night you know a great performance from teddy bridgewater uh <laughs> what was your thoughts on that game Look, there were lots of positives to take from it. There were worrying aspects as well. So the takeaways, Cooper looks an absolute steal and he looks like an an impact player. And that's what you love to see as a young guy making an impact, which is really what preseason is about unsurprisingly Justin Simmons um was unbelievable uh, he'll probably never get an easier interception um I the he he is no longer the highest paid safety in the league but I would uh contend that he is the best safety um in the league and there were there were definitely you know po- positives to to other positives to to take from it uh Williams looks uh you know to, continues to impress at, at running back the the biggest concern remains special teams i mean that is just an abject disaster why tom mcmahon is still in a job look tom mcmahon is the guy who ran the what remains one of the most baffling the dumbest the most stupid thick-headed we could go on you could read from a thesaurus here watch the the coles patriots game you will never see a play like it we decided to employ the guy we decided to retain the guy it is a baffling decision it's one the broncos continue to to roll with but we'll probably end up talking about other baffling decisions at some point but to me that was really took the the gloss off a little bit the, the worry around special teams but you would have to say the you can only beat what's in front of you and the broncos have been very impressive in preseason. We have one more game of preseason to go before real football begins. Yeah, and I guess just sort of staying on that game, it was a difficult game to watch if you're in Europe. All right, I'm just going to put it out there. For us, it was a 3 a.m. start. I mean, my God almighty. Like, it, let, let's just say it wasn't easy on the eyes, whether you were watching it live or watching it at 9 a.m. in the morning, I think in a 40-minute video. For me, um, it was concerning seeing Michael Ojemedia being carted off. Um, I think at one point, you know, you, you really had a concern for him. But I guess it's good news that it's week to week. I guess there's there's different players that have, have been given expectations week to week. Looking at guys like Carson Wentz. He seems to be coming back to it a bit quicker than we thought he would. But uh, look, hopefully, please God, he'll be okay. Sure, was there anybody else that stood out to you in that game? I mean, you know, obviously before we touch on the subject, but seeing guys like Michael Lowe go down and only be week to week, I, I'll be honest, when he originally went down and when you seen his reaction, I thought he was actually going to be out for the season because he looked devastated. Yeah, it looked like a bad knee injury. I think um, they're saying now uh, you're looking at probably four weeks out, so that's not too bad. And and I think, you know, it's it's probably, apart from wide receiver, by far and away the most stacked position group we have on the roster so uh, obviously you never want an injury to anybody but I think you know a four-week injury to Ojemudia is one we can we can take the hit on that one because we do have so many good defensive backs and um, a little concerning for me was the um, offensive line strength and depth may have been over exaggerated slightly um, if the um, 
the, the first couple of series is, uh, that Drew Locke had to uh, suffer um, was anything to go by. I think, you know, look, offensive linemen are very difficult to come by, as you know, uh, particularly tackles. I would be very surprised if Fleming is still on the roster after the aristocratic cuts. He's struggled hugely, which should be of no surprise to anybody who's watched his career after he left the Patriots. Um, so I, I think he's very much in danger. Um, so I think we've got some decent pieces there, but by God, if anything happens to Gareth Bowles, you, you know, you, you really should, whatever sort of faith you have, light candles, you know, pray to Zeus, whatever it is you do, make sure that nothing happens to Gareth Bowles in this season. <laughs> Who would have thought we would have said that this time last year, but hey, we're, we're, you know, we're big enough to admit our mistakes. But um, yeah, that was a little concerning for me. But, you know, I mean, look, what what I didn't think, I think it'd be remiss not to mention the fact that Teddy Bridgewater looked very sharp on his first couple of drives. Um, I think they were somewhat skewed by the fact that uh, Vic Fangio suddenly went riverboat Ron on the whole thing and decided to gamble for it twice on fourth down, um, which was not something I think we're going to see very much of in the regular season. Um, and then in similar similar situations, when Drew Locke was faced with fourth downs, um, Vic decided not to go for it. Um, and then he was questioned about this after the game. Vic said that he wanted Brandon McManus to get some work. Brandon McManus has been in the NFL for eight years um, and has been an absolutely vital part of the Broncos uh, for a number of those years and was huge in the uh, Super Bowl win in 2015. So the idea that Vic wanted to get his kicker some work in a game against the Seahawks when the Broncos were leading by about 20 points at that stage is absolutely preposterous and baffling and makes no sense and leads us, I think, down the road to this idea of this quarterback competition um, maybe not being as as uh, even as it was portrayed to be all along by various sort of parts of the media i don't know if you want to get into that now and i know it was a question that we got today on twitter mick um but to me that was just one of the examples you could also talk about the fact that drew lock has one of the highest percentage rates um amongst quarterbacks in the nfl out of play action and drew lock didn't get a single uh play call from pat Shermer on play action in any of his snaps at the weekend nor did he get any bootlegs did he get any rollouts no drew was in under center for most of the time and he was handing the ball off for most of his snaps or else he was just taking a drop back so you're not putting a guy in the best situation for him to succeed but that shouldn't really matter because it's preseason and he's playing with second and third stringers he's throwing to wide receiver five wide receiver six it shouldn't really matter but of course it does matter because we have decided that a Second half performance by Drew Locke against the Seattle Seahawks reserves with Drew with the Denver Broncos reserves has taken on massive importance, allegedly. And um, this is yet another example of, of, of a dysfunctional organization when it comes to evaluating the most posi- important position in the sport. It's preposterous. Teddy Bridgewater did really well in his series to get those two touchdowns. Teddy Bridgewater did nothing different than what Drew Locke did last week against the Vikings. 
So what's this situation now where all the whispers have become, it's going to be Teddy, it's going to be Teddy, it's going to be Teddy. So why? Why is it now going to be Teddy? Because he did something more impressive than Locke did against the Vikings? No. So is it because Locke wasn't as impressive with the second and third stringers than Teddy was against the Vikings? But that, that's, this, is, this makes no sense. As I said to Colm earlier on today when we were chatting, do you know who was brilliant over the weekend in a preseason game? Mitch Trubitsky. He was superb. Did you see him? He, oh, my God. Nobody cares because it's a preseason game. But, oh, no, we've somehow invested this game against the Seahawks that has become hugely important for the future of the team, for the, for the entire season. And it seems like it's been based on what Drew did behind the line that featured no starters. Because what Shermer did was the minute Drew went in, four of the five starting linemen were taken out. So that's what you're looking at. That's what you're at. So, sorry, I know I've gone off on the one there a little bit on the tangent. But uh, I, I, so I just couldn't, I, I couldn't, I thought that was, an, I thought somebody was making that up when they asked Fangio about why he didn't go for it when Locke was in the field in fourth down. Because he wanted Brandon McManus to get some work. Yeah, and I think you've touched on a number of points there, and Colm, I'm going to give you the mic in like 30 seconds, which I'm sure you'll be happy to do. But I think one thing that we haven't really looked at, and one thing that concerned me, was that offensive line. They looked decent to strong against the Vikings, but I thought they struggled man, up against the Seahawks. I really do. And I know, Stuart, you've mentioned it there, like, like Gar Bowles, and we really need to start praying if he's out. Like, I think we're screwed with him. I really do. Like, What's going on there? Like, I don't know. Anyway, look, that's not even a story at the minute because no, but, and you're right. We're... I think the offensive line did struggle a little bit, and and Seattle yeah. didn't play very many of their starters, certainly on defense. You know, so as I said, I think the the the, the starting four out of the starting five look pretty pretty good to me. Um, but you know, uh, we, this is not the 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 uh, you know the. This is not the Dallas Cowboys offensive line yet. You know, there's some way to go. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you there. Right. Let's jump in. I know, sure, you're very sure to give your thoughts there. Colm, I can see you are a man itching to uh, to get your thoughts out about this. Obviously, the Broncos now in the situation in which, well, they have, they have one more preseason game against the Rams game in Denver this weekend. But you'd like to think, surely to Jesus, that the quarterback situation would be over if not by tonight or tuesday afternoon then we'd have the quarterback situation over before a meaningless final preseason game and to at least give the team a bit of time teddy bridgewater against drew lock or brett rippon i mean if we want to include him into the conversation he had a good few reps in preseason uh calm it looks as if teddy bridgewater is going like i mean if you go by twitter it seems as if he is now destined to be the starting quarterback for the team. What's your thoughts on it? And also, you know, why bother investing so much time and energy into a quarterback and Drew Locke when it's been quite clear, if that is a decision, in my opinion, that Bridgewater was always going to be the starting quarterback when he was brought in. And it was the worst kept secret in Dove Valley for months. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm missing something. Uh, where where to begin? Look, I, I go back to the point they made last week. I, QB competitions are a nightmare unless unless you have a rookie who's coming in who's trying to take the job, right? Because if you are 
you know, like the the Patriots, where you're trying to find out is Mac Jones going to take it from Cam Newton? Is Justin Fields going to take it from Andy Dalton? But the other team that are in a situation similar to us are the Saints, where you're wondering, will it be Jameis or will it be Taysom Hill? And that is, you know, equally uh, fans there, I think, are equally as probably unenthusiastic about this QB competition because you you want a clear starter. You really want a clear starter after two preseason games. So I just think that when you are taking reps away from your your starting QB, it it's silly t- to me. Um I look, we sat here last week. It wasn't even this time last week. It was towards the end of last week and we thought that uh, you know all the noise was was about drew and how well he had performed and that he 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 looked likely to get the shot we now hear that you know it it looks very likely that it will be teddy it it's yet to be confirmed that the coaches kind of were always leaning towards teddy and i i just it doesn't again it doesn't make any sense to me like what was if 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 that was the fact that they were always leading, well, what did you keep Drew around for? Like I go back to, you should have made a decision in February. Either you were going to back Drew Lock or you weren't going to back Drew Lock. But I don't know what was gained by um, if Drew Lock is not the starter. I don't know what was gained by keeping him on over the course of the summer and having. A QB competition. I don't think it served a purpose for anybody. But we, you know, the, sure, all signs point to to Teddy. But I guess until it happens, I'm I'm a bit surprised. I I would have thought that on l- lunchtime on on the Monday after game two, do, are we going to hear it this week? Is it going to be dragged out until after the the third game? That's that's what I'm I'm curious to to see at at this point because. For the vast majority of teams next week, even though they have shortened um, preseason, I I don't think most teams will be playing very many starters at all in game three. Stuart, um, provided that this, say if this did go out, this podcast magically and the decision has, has already been made. We talked about this before Colm arrived into the podcast studio. If you're Drew Locke and... You know, you feel like you were the guy for such a long time in that team and suddenly this has happened with the GM situation with, with Teddy Bridgewater coming in. Do you request to be treated immediately? Um, do you think that's a realistic concept or or do you think Drew Locke looks at this team and looks at the talent in this team outside of the quarterback situation and thinks, I could have a chance here, maybe week four, week five? For me personally, man, I think like if that was me, I'd be raging. I'd be so annoyed after everything because he's clearly put the effort in over the over the off season after a dif- after a difficult year last year yeah i mean i, I if i'm you like i'm absolutely out of there if i can get out of there um i mean it's very late in the the, the sort of the off season to be looking for this or certainly not the off season the preseason to be looking for this um because to me i i i'm kind of going i was under the impression that this was a fair quarterback battle but all signs are now beginning to point to the fact that it was never a fair quarterback battle um, I know Benjamin Albright tonight was saying that it, it appears now that it was always skewed towards Teddy Bridgewater. One of the things, Colm, I 
sort of I, I believe and I don't want to get too conspiracy on theory on it but I genuinely think that the quarterback battle was concocted um, in order to make it an easier sell to the fans because I think if they traded for Teddy Bridgewater and said he's he's our starter um, the fans would have been up in arms about this because nobody wanted Teddy Bridgewater to do that the Carolina Panthers are paying three quarters of his salary to not play for the Carolina Panthers this year and they traded to get Sam Darnold, who is, you know, damaged good at this stage. I mean, Sam Darnold has a, has a lot of talent. You, you just don't know if he's ever going to be able to, to do anything with it. So, you know, like, I, I I looked into Teddy's sort of... Teddy Bridgewater wasn't really a quarterback that was on my radar very much, to be brutally honest with you, because he was kind of, you know, the quintessential journeyman. That's what he was. So... You know, at no stage did I ever kind of look at him and kind of go, I wonder should we ever make a move for Teddy? Because, you know, that wasn't something that was, was something that I ever even countenanced. Teddy Bridgewater has started 49 games in the NFL. And Teddy Bridgewater has thrown 53 touchdown passes. Um, he's had one playoff appearance and he threw for 140 yards in that playoff appearance that he lost. So there seems to be, you know, people living in cloud cuckoo land out there at the moment that Teddy's going to come in here and due to this vast array of talent that we have on offense, that it's going to become the greatest show on turf. And suddenly we're going to be putting, you know, 35, 40 points on opponents regularly. That's not going to happen. There's nothing in his past to suggest that he's capable of lighting up teams. It's just not going to happen. It's not, it, it, it you know, there's very rarely players like Jim Plunkett who who are sort of middle-of-the-road quarterbacks who then go to another team and suddenly win a couple of Super Bowls. It happens once every 20, 30 years. It doesn't happen. It's like even Ryan Tannehill is the closest you have to now. You know, he got to the AFC Championship game. It, it, it's just incredibly rare for a player to turn it around after, you know, and you know what you're kind of going to get with Teddy at this stage. I mean, I think what's he in the league now, six, seven years? That's a pretty decent sample size, you know? Um, so to me, the, the quarterback battle was 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 concocted in order to make it an easier sell, and and I, along with you guys, because I know we've chatted about this before, Patrick Sertan is a brilliant cornerback. He reminds me of Patrick Peterson, Champ Bailey. He has he looks like those types of of, of cornerbacks. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. But you pass on Justin Fields. And it is palpable or palatable because you decide to go with Locke for one last season and see what he's got. That's the only reason you pass on Justin Fields at nine. You do not pass on Justin Fields because you think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be your franchise quarterback. And he's not going to be here next year one way or the other. So this is yet another in a series of crazy decisions that the Broncos have made in the quarterback position since Peyton Manning retired. You know, like at one stage, 
when you draft a quarterback in the first round, he always plays. That's what happens. He plays. And, you know, he usually plays in season one. Very rarely do you have the luxury of waiting, the likes of Pat Mahomes, you know, people like that, Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't happen very often. But you get a game. Um, the longest quarterback to be drafted in the first round to get a start is Paxton Lynch. It's Paxton Lynch. Um, so, you know, you couldn't even get that one right. Like, as Colin has pointed out in numerous occasions, we decided to have a quarterback battle between Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch. You know, I mean, it's that's like pick your sexually transmitted disease. Do, do you know what I mean? It's like, honestly, it's like, really? I don't know. Herpes or chlamydia. Like, that's what you're talking about. That's what that quarterback battle is. We all do respect for both guys. Do you know what I mean? So we, we seem to think that this is a good idea. And we seem to think, like, I, I'm just, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm being facetious here. I think this is a really poor decision because if there's nothing appreciably different between the guys in training camp, which there wasn't by any kind of neutral observer, if there hasn't been anything appreciably different between the two guys in the preseason games, which there wasn't when they both got their shot with the ones, then you go with the guy who's younger and has more upside. That's quarterback evaluation 101. That's not, that's, you know, that's a no-brainer, as they say. Um, but no, if all the signs are now, we're, we're, we're going for Teddy. Um, I, I just, I, I'm flabbergasted. I really am. I thought, as you said, when we were talking this time last week or towards the tail end of last week, all the signs pointed to Drew. And it made sense. It made sense to pick him. You just, and for some reason, um, now it's shifted because the pulling guard stood on Drew Locke's foot. And he fell over, which meant we had to go for field goal. Stuff like that seems to be the, the reason why. You know, so. Um, Colm, we spoke with Noah Fan, Dalton Reisner, on a couple of different shows quite recently in, in the last four months. Um, both talked about the unity in the in the locker room with the young players, the respect that they had for Drew Locke, and the support that they had for him. How do you think that dressing room would feel or that locker room would feel after a guy that clearly the team have been, you know, should have, you know, obviously have been investing in over, over this time suddenly loses his position? And arguably, you know, he, he if Teddy comes in and does a half decent job, he may never play a down again for this team. Like, let, let's be honest, in, in the regular season, how do you think this team would feel at Dove Valley if this decision was made, which we expected to be like? Well, I think that they're all professionals. I think that whatever the decision is is going to be made, they're going to go out and and do their very best to to win. I, look, there there will undoubtedly be players who have preferences for any number of reasons. Be it just uh, they they get on better, be it that they feel that one one is better than the other i mean we saw brandon marshall on twitter last night really bigging up teddy um he's an enormous teddy fan he feels teddy is a better Q- qb than than baker mayfield so there will be players who have differences of opinions i think you have seen 
you know, they, but to, I, I would, I wouldn't have any doubt that the, the, the dressing room, whatever decision is made, they will be professional about it. Um, we, you know, you, you've seen the, the comments, I think clearly that some, some guys were big, big fans of Drew. We, we saw Shelby Harris come out swinging on, uh, Twitter, but equally I have definitely seen, um, you know, t- Teddy Bridgewater and Garrett Bowles appear to have very much developed a friendship over the course of training camp. To me, this is less about Teddy and and less about Drew. This is about the decision making at the very top and trying to ascertain what the thinking was. We didn't go and get Drew. We picked Drew in the second round where, you know, we got out and got Joe Flacco and then Joe Flacco was elite. He was coming into his prime. Then it was absolutely fine that he wasn't going to be a mentor. That was no problem. That was a great, that was actually the mentality that we, that we wanted. At least that's what we were told at the time. Then that, that all went wrong. Then we saw how Joe Flacco was in, in his uh, starts in with the Broncos. And that was awful. And, and then Drew comes in, has a great end of the season. and then. We we changed the 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 his offensive coordinator. Then last season was a disaster. Don't get me wrong. Again, I go back to I would be absolutely fine if this franchise had made that decision at the end of the year. Right. We just feel Drew had his chance. We are moving on. And then you move on. But they didn't do that. They just they went, mm, well, where did they we'll bring in Teddy? We'll have this kind of semi, maybe, maybe competition, who knows? I just I I cannot understand what it is. You want a leader in your locker room. The QB is the guy everyone looks to. And I keep going back to 2015. Everyone talks about the defense carried the team. Sure. But Peyton Manning's leadership was so key. And I think it is undervalued. Peyton's mere presence impacted and inspired and that's what a a franchise QB does it makes the other players better by merely being there you know and that's what John Elway did consistently and that's what you see in 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 other sports you know for for us Roy Keane was that example you know Diego Maradona was that example there you know Tom Brady like him or loathe him he is that example he rolled into Tampa Bay last year and that team everyone suddenly got behind him that's what you want we're not expecting anyone to be but you need a QB1 you need him to be the leader you need everyone in the locker room to look up to him yeah I would call him um, Teddy Bridgewater has some similar traits to Tom Brady according to Vic so that should be you know that should be fine <laughs> I presume you do all right sure i'm just gonna ask you this because we, we need to get questions in here right i'll ask you i'll ask colin and you know what i'll answer first i'm gonna say a big fat maybe probably no did the broncos make the playoffs with teddy bridgewater Stuart? no nope. no nope. they don't no they don't uh they'll flatter to deceive we've got a bit of a vanilla sort of start to the season um then we have a fairly brutal stretch but I would be so you know I think we'll have a similar start maybe to the one Vance Joseph had when Trevor Simeon looked good. Um, you know when we battered the Cowboys that time. Um, but no, we won't. We won't make the playoffs. We won't. 
The, the problem is, Mick, that we may win enough games to take us away from a top 10 pick. Um, but in which case, as, as Colin was saying earlier on, then you just do what needs to be done to go and finally get the guy. You know, there's four, there's three or four pretty good quarterbacks, you know, uh, in next year's draft. You know, one of the upshots of this thing is is that now, you know, college football is back in two weeks, so I'll be taking a much more <laughs> vested interest in that than I had anticipated. Oh, a quarterback from Oklahoma. Let's go. Let's make sure I'm checked that out this time. Oh, man, there hasn't even been a dying of football yet. Come on. You know that's what's coming. Uh, but no, sorry, all, all, all joking aside, no, I don't think we make the playoffs. I think we'll probably be closer than we have been. But I think ultimately we will flatter to the seed and I think we'll miss out. We'll probably go eight and, uh, eight and nine, I suppose. Um, before we get the questions in from a lot, a lot, we've actually got a few questions. Thanks, thanks very much to everyone that's given their contributions. Colin, playoffs, yeah? Playoffs, Teddy? I, I think we have a fantastically talented roster. We have some guys... In, particularly in on the defensive side of the ball, who are the best in their position in the league, in in my opinion, um, I think we have some really really talented players on offense. I think that I don't think we were making the playoffs with either QB, whether it was Locke or whether it was Bridgewater. I think this is an enormous season for Vic Fangio. I would love, don't I would love to have playoff football back in the Mile High City, but I think this is an enormous um, season for Vic Fangio. It is year three. He has had the stability. He ha- he has his coaching. He decided to retain Tom, um, Tom McMahon. He decided to bring in Pat Shermer. He just makes the, the, the decision on QB. Okay, so this is Vic Fangio's team. Whatever happens now, it is this is it. He has all the experience behind him. He has all that defensive knowledge that he has. So do I think? No, but who who, who am I? I? I'm just a fan with, with an opinion. I think it will be fascinating <laughs> to see how Vic Fangio um, handles this season because he has an incredibly talented roster that, you know, could that could could it make the playoffs? It could. But do I think personally well, I don't. But I do think there this is this is really interesting I um to to see how how this plays out. And will I watch every single minute of the uh, the Broncos regular season, no matter what way it plays out? I absolutely will. Okay, we've we we we've, we've got a few questions here. I, I'm gonna agree with you boys. I think no at the minute. I I actually would go be I would go beyond that. I know you're gonna both jump in here, so don't because we need to get these questions. I think this is a wasted season. I think it's sad to watch if this team doesn't get to the playoffs with the talent they have outside of quarterback. I think it's sad that we're in this situation again. I think it's bad for the fans. I think it's bad for some of the players that, you know, quite frankly deserve better. Um and it's it's not good enough. To be, to be quite frank so let's see what happens i still think the broncos will win every game this season until proven otherwise i can see stuart smiling there so 
I think, look, I'm just, I'd am just i be disappointed if Drew Locke's not at least given, given the opportunity because Teddy will be there regardless. Give him a few weeks to see the crack, as we said. Right, uh, there's a couple of ones here we'll go over very quickly because we've already ta- talked about it. Sean Holmes, it's going to be Teddy, isn't it? I mean, I think we're all nodding here, yeah. So, yeah, Sean, thank you. Uh, Luke Kelly just brought up something that Colin stated, so I'll ask this to Stuart. If Denver don't make it to the playoffs, Stuart, or the wild cards this year, do you think Fangio will get fired? Oh, absolutely, yeah, and deservedly so, deservedly so. Um, you know, I agree with Colm. I think this is by far and away the most talented roster we've had since uh, 2015 uh, and by some distance. Um, you know, look, everything, the leaks, the kind of the info that's coming out sort of have, have all points to the fact that Fangio wanted Teddy Bridgewater. So you may have been able to kind of sort of give him some kind of an excuse in the first year because Flacco flamed out. Last year ago, he had a very young quarterback. Um, you know, it was a COVID season. That was you kind of let him away with that one. There's no excuses this year. You know, he's gotten the quarterback he wants. In some ways, I think this is actually quite useful for uh, for George Payton because I don't think he wanted to go in there. And the first thing he did was to fire uh, an incumbent head coach, even one who had such a poor um, win loss record. Um, so I think the you know I think there's an element for letting this play out. And I think when it ends the way it probably will do, I think it's much easier for, for, for George Payton then to pull the trigger um, and then start from scratch. The thing to remember is that all of the NFL went young and offensive when it came to head coach fires in the last couple of years. Uh, John Elway broke the trend and went old and defensive. Um, and it hasn't worked up to this point. So I would be very surprised if they found out was still the Broncos head coach this time next year. Yeah, and we've got a couple uh, of little points here. There's a question from Carl. Sorry, Mick, one on. last thing. Sorry, one yes. last thing. Yeah, yeah. Big idea is currently the bookies' favourite to be the first NFL coach to be fired. As we know well in Ireland, bookies don't tend to go out of business very often. So there's there's something to that. I still think no matter unless they lose the first seven or eight games in a row, I think he'll he'll get the season. I, I really do. Um. Cal says, is Fangio conspiring to give Teddy the job against the wishes against the wishes of Great Payton? <laughs> okay, thank, thank you for that, Cal. Uh, right, last one, and I'll get it from both of you boys. Dan's in the West Country. I think that's Yorkshire. Yorkshire, yeah. Uh, looking at what John Elway did at GM and with his stature in the game, and he loves living in Denver, is there a role for Peyton Manning at the organization? Could he be part of the consortium that owns the franchise? What do you boys think? Um, he might be the figurehead. Um, if there, if there was, you know, I mean, that's this the, the whole ownership thing is in a massive state of flux. I guess John Elway may want to step down at some stage. I mean, he's been in football for an awfully long time. Um, and you know, I think he isn't getting any younger. Um, but it, I, the, the thing would be, he's just recently appointed George Payton. Um, you know, who has come with a really impressive CV and is highly regarded. So maybe if, if new owners should come in, they want a clean house from top to bottom, then maybe Peyton's let go. But that would seem incredibly harsh because he, he has barred the quarterback position, which you know may or may not entirely have been his fault. He has had a very good off-season up to this point. So I, I don't know. I think it's a, it would be a magnificent story. Um, but at this stage, I would find it slightly unlikely. What do you think, Colm? 
I think Peyton used his Hall of Fame speech to audition for the commissioner job. I don't think he, I think Peyton wants to, to be in a position where he's making decisions that impact, that have a, have a, a real impact. Now, you know, we, and could he be uh, the, the front of an ownership? Yeah, sure. Look, Peyton could do anything. Like, I think Peyton, we've seen Peyton host Saturday Night Live and be hilarious. We've seen Peyton um, play golf and be brilliant. We have seen Peyton Manning, you know, be one of the, the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. Peyton Manning could do anything. I just got the impression from Peyton's Hall of Fame speech that the game was that important to him that I could see him taking over from Roger Goodell uh, and continuing to grow and expand this great sport. You know, here we are, three lads talking about the NFL and the Central Broncos 5,000 miles away. I think Peyton could grow the sport to even greater heights. Whatever Peyton Manning chooses to do next, I have no doubt but that he will be successful. Absolutely. The Broncos are playing the Rams this weekend in the final preseason game. I mean, God knows where this team is going to be in terms of the quarterback by that point. We'll be back again later on this week. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at Michael underscore NFL, at Collar from Cork, and at PurpleHeartTC. I think I got that right, Stuart, but uh, lots of pleasure as always. Appreciate it. And go Broncos, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Please give the Malhai Report podcast a review as well if you enjoyed it. And we'll chat to you soon. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos.